Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk to Kevin Surrett, Commissioner of the MJHL, because the MJHL season is here. It starts Friday night in five cities and towns across the province. How exciting. And we also head to Edmonton to talk to the voice of the Elks, Morley Scott, because Trevor Harris is not going to start a quarterback this weekend against the Bombers. We'll learn more about who is on the podcast. Soon on the Boston Pizza Sports Desk, we'll be able to tell you about Manitoba Junior Hockey League scores. And by soon, I mean tomorrow. The Manitoba Junior Hockey League season is here. And here to talk about it is the commissioner of the league, Kevin Surrett. Kevin, welcome back to the show. How exciting is this night for you, the night before? It's like Christmas Eve, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It, it does feel a little bit like Christmas. It's uh, It's pretty interesting, you know, over the past 10 months, there's a lot of days and evenings where you never really thought you'd get to this point and be here where we're sitting now. But obviously, the entire league and the entire MJHL community is is really excited and, and very positive, and everyone's just ready to to start the season off in a in a very positive way and just get the really the base of it is just getting these players back on the ice doing what they love. And there was an exhibition schedule, right? Sorry, there was a there was a bit of a preseason schedule, right? That was already been played. Yeah, most teams played between four and six games uh, starting in early September, and our preseason schedule and ended this Tuesday. And now every team will be will be active this weekend, and opening night is tomorrow night. And every team is playing tomorrow night. Ten of the twelve teams are playing tomorrow night, and then we'll have a full slate Saturday. Then we'll have uh, one game on Sunday. So it's a full weekend. Every team will play two games, a home-and-home home against another team this weekend. Swan River, Nipawa, Selkirk, Verdon, and Winnipeg, the sites of the five games tomorrow night. What have you heard from these communities about the excitement level that hockey's back? Just just overwhelming excitement. It just There's a buzz throughout the province in the MJHL communities, just having the players back, you know, the players and the teams do an amazing job in the community, and they're already heavily involved with different initiatives and getting out of the community and, and skating with the young players and helping with tryouts. And and just to have the buzz back in the building and have people watching hockey and have you know these elite athletes back on the ice, there is there is a real buzz going around. And you know it's been a lot of hard work, a lot of efforts, a lot of ups, a lot of downs to get to this point. And you know, that's all culminating to this weekend. So it's just going to be great to have MJHL hockey being played again and, and these communities that miss it so much. And as a reminder, what protocols COVID-wise are in place that would be different from, I guess, the before times? Well, I think it's virtually the same as most places uh proof of vaccinations required as a as a ticketed indoor event for everyone 12 years and up uh, all of our players staff and officials are, are vaccinated so essentially everyone in the building that is eligible to be vaccinated will be vaccinated uh, masks are mandatory at all times except when actively eating or drinking so i think these are obviously protocols that everyone is very familiar with and comfortable with and and Quite frankly, it puts us in in the safest possible environment that we can to help these players enjoy and live out their dream playing hockey. And what have you heard from the players and coaches about 
getting back at it? Is there some hesitancy about rust, or is it, you know what, we feel like we're in really good shape here and we're going to start out of the gate strong? No, it's interesting. You know, that was the that was the concern going into summer is, is these players have been off the ice for, for quite a while going into June with the various lockdowns and obviously the cancel the pausing and canceling of our of our season last year but all the guys got on the ice and I think the rest you know sometimes too much hockey is too much hockey in the body especially for for younger ages like the players in our league so it, it sounds like the the pace has been amazing the players are obviously very very excited to just to be back on the ice and they've had a lot of rest but they've also been skating now for the last two or three months gearing up for for this season so it looks to be from talking with most of the teams and the coaching staffs and some various players that it's going to be very fast high-paced hockey with with a lot of excitement and uh, and the kids are ready and for those who may have missed it in the summer you're tweaking the playoff format just a little bit this season just a little bit we're the first round will be divisional format uh, so the top four teams from each division will make playoffs. It'll be one verse four, two verse three in the, within the division, and then those coming out of their division round one, then they'll be reseeded, and it'll be a, a full league playoff top eight. I like that. I think that's that's pretty cool. I, I, we kind of saw that a little bit with the NHL this year, and the fact that you had Vegas playing Montreal in the the one semifinal, but you could get some, I guess, non-traditional playoff matchups then earlier in the playoffs with through this method. Yeah, exactly. It, it, obviously, our our season, our regular season is, is heavily division-based. Uh, and for that first round, it's going to be very intense. It also keeps the travel costs down, and it, it's going to engage the fans because it'll be, you know, closer travel between markets. But into round two, it's we don't know what the matchups are going to be. It could be... OCN versus Winkler. It could be any team matchup that you might not normally see throughout the season. And yeah, it should bring a lot of excitement. And, you know, we're, we're very comfortable with that format, especially with this season. And it could be some, uh, some big bus rides then too, but I guess that's part of the, part of the deal you sign up for. Yeah, that's part of it. We're lucky that, you know, there'll be very, very little overnight stays this year, one or two per team at max. So, you know, by that time, when it's playoff time, if you're into round two, you're you're ready to travel anywhere. Because that means you're still playing. That means you're still playing, yep, exactly. So where will you be tomorrow night? You know what, there's a few places I'm I'm looking. I've, I still, I'm very busy with two young girls that are in school and in mm-hmm. sports, but it, chances are I'll be in Selkirk for their home opener tomorrow night. Is it your goal to be at least uh, present in every rink at least once this season? Yeah, I, I like to get to most most rinks at least twice a year. It's, you know, last year, obviously, I didn't have that luxury with with the season, how it unfolded, but that's definitely the goal this year. But it is nice to have a lot of markets closer to Winnipeg that I can get to in, a, in an evening and be back to to tuck the girls in and get them ready for school in the morning. So, you know, I'm lucky that way, but I definitely plan to hit the road early this season and, and get to every rink as soon as I can. Well, it also helps probably to get those further ones away or out of the way when the snow isn't on the ground. Yeah, I know exactly. You, you want to hit them early before before winter takes hold in this province. And, and it is actually a beautiful, a beautiful province to drive around in in the fall. So I, I quite enjoy those trips, actually. 
Well, Kevin, I wish you the best of luck with the season here. Appreciate you coming on the show tonight, and uh, we will definitely be keeping the people posted of the scores coming up. No problem. I appreciate that. Have a great night, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Big news out of Edmonton today with the news that Trevor Harris is not going to play this weekend and for possibly many games to come on the six-game injured list as they look to welcome the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to town on Saturday night. So it's going to be Taylor Cornelius starting. And the the chuckle you just heard is Morley Scott, the voice of the Elks on 630 Jed. So, Morley, I guess the first question is, who's Taylor Cornelius? Excellent, excellent question, Christian. And that's what everyone in Edmonton has been scrambling to figure out today. Uh, he's actually... Uh, uh, he's got an NFL body, and he's got an XFL experience, and he's going to get his first start in the Canadian Football League on Saturday against the Blue Bombers. Taylor Cornelius is out of Oklahoma State, where he didn't play a lot in his early time there because he was backing up Mason Rudolph, uh, but he did play in his final year and put up some great numbers uh, in his final years. In fact, uh, set a school record for uh, the 3,900 yards passing, uh, 32 touchdowns passing. He also ran for 10 touchdowns that year. So uh, he's got some numbers in his back pocket. He's six foot five, 232 pounds. So that's what I mean by an NFL body. He had a, a run at the Green Bay Packers with their rookie camp and uh, didn't get any further than that. And then he went to the XFL where he played uh, in uh, Tampa Bay with the Mighty Vipers and uh, the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay in the XFL for that half season last year was Jamie Elizondo, who is now the head coach of the Edmonton Elks. So there's the connection, and that's how Taylor Cornelius got to the Canadian Football League and more, uh, I guess, um, importantly, got to Edmonton, and he'll start tomorrow night or Saturday night for the Elks against the Blue Bombers. Why not Dakota Prukop, who has more experience in the CFL? Uh he wasn't here. He wasn't here all of camp, and I, I just think that uh, they feel a little bit more comfortable with uh, with Cornelius because he was here at the start of camp. He probably knows the playbook better. Uh, Prukop hasn't even been dressing for the game so far this year. He got here at the end of training camp. Uh, he's been the third guy throughout it all and has been the scratch uh, during the game. So uh, it's been Cornelius who's been backing up Trevor Harris this whole time. So I think uh, they just feel that uh, Cornelius will would have the edge right now. Uh, going forward over uh, Dakota Prukop. Did anyone outside the team know Harris was hurt? Uh, no, he got, well, he got in what they were sacked seven times on, uh, on Saturday against Calgary. It happened at that point uh, sometime. Apparently he uh, had some issues uh, we're finding out now at halftime, uh, but was, was cleared to play and uh, felt fine this week up until yesterday when uh, at the end of uh, practice he didn't feel very good and, and left uh, just a smidge early from practice. And uh, then the news came out this morning, and, and Cornelius found out yesterday that he was going to start uh, the game. So they made the decision pretty quickly after practice yesterday and uh, went forward. But, it was it, it, I mean, I talked to Trevor this week. We all talked to Trevor this week at practice. Uh, we watched him for, for two practices, and he looked fine to me. But uh, obviously there was something going on, and he just didn't feel right, and that's why uh, they've made the move they have. And I think, I think Christian, the six-game injured list is maybe a little over the top, but it's a just in case. And I think that's kind of what you see with the high high salaried players nowadays in the Canadian Football League. They go on the six-game injured list if you don't know how long they're going to be out, just in case they are out for six, so you can get the salary cap savings. Um, but uh, they'll have no hesitation to pull him off the, the sixth game after a couple of games if, if he's feeling better. The Elks have a bye. Uh, well. Not, they have a bye week, a, a short bye week coming up, 
where they'll be off for four days, and then they have a midweek game the week after next yeah. in Tuesday. Ottawa, and then a, yeah, and then a long break after that again. So uh, he could miss two. Uh, I haven't figured it out at all, but he could miss just two games and be you know and and have almost twenty days off, I believe. So uh, that's that's going to be pretty good uh, for him. Give him a little bit more time. So I, they don't know how long it's going to be. They have no idea with these kind of injuries. It's um, they today they refer to it as a neck head injury. So uh, it, there could be a concussion obviously involved in this in this as well. So uh, it's just it's just a waiting game now to see how quickly he recovers. Um, he was fine. He said for a couple of days and then yesterday it started to act up on him i think we could take some guidance on this from the calgary situation where they lose bo levi they put him on the sixth game he's only on there for a for less for quite a bit less than that the sixth he wouldn't even yeah. it hasn't even been six games and he's played already but they also put in a guy who had absolutely no cfl experience a dead dead rookie coming in and he played well jake mayer played really well uh, didn't win much, but the performances were there, and perhaps he wasn't the reason they lost some of those games. Is there some similar yeah. hope in Edmonton, this unknown guy coming in? Maybe you, you lean on the infrastructure that Calgary has. Maybe Edmonton doesn't have that in place so much. Yeah, I, I think that that's kind of the model they look at and hope it works out the same way. I mean, if, if Trevor Harris misses – uh, three games and they go one and two, uh, they'd probably take that maybe, uh, depending on who they beat with the one. Uh, they got Ottawa in there too, so maybe they would like to go two and three if they could, but they also have Winnipeg three to their next four games, so it's a tough time for uh, Harris to step aside. So I think that's what they're hoping, that that he won't be out for six games and that uh, Cornelius, Cornelius will come in and play well. I mean, uh, uh, the kid in Calgary was terrific. I mean, he threw three straight 300-yard games, which has never been done before in, in the CFL for a, for a guy playing his first three games. So, uh, and, and as you say, he wasn't at fault for the losses, but he still went one and two. Uh, and, and they made the change pretty quickly when Bo Levi was, was ready to go. So I, I think that's what the Elks would like to do to limit his time. They obviously, I don't think they think it's going to be six games, but just so that if it is six games, you can't put them on the six-game list retroactively to save the salary cap money, but you you can put them on now and pull them off when he's ready. And I think that's the that's the route they took. Well, the Bombers were already the favorites. Right now, listed as a seven-point favorite on the road at Commonwealth, a place where the Elks are zero and three this year. So now the task gets tougher without Trevor Harris. Can the Elks win that game? Well, you never say never, right? Uh, I, there's always a chance something could happen. I mean, the Elks defense. Uh, can win them games. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, you know, they're going to be missing one of their starters as well on defense with Clay Kubotang. Uh, he's been watching practice all week in a walking boot and won't play. Thomas Costigan's going to come in at that defensive end spot, but uh, they're also adding Derek Moncrief to the lineup this week. I, I think they have the kind of defense that can win you games, and they have the kind of defense that can win you games if you only get 17 points. Um, and, and obviously that's going to be tested to the max against Winnipeg, who's playing so well on all three sides of the football right now. So, uh, But, yeah, you know, they, they can win the game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think any, any game in the CFL that uh, any team can win, you know, obviously it doesn't happen. You get the upsets a lot. But I think there's an opportunity that, that, that the Elks could win that game. But they'll need, a, they'll need a pretty good effort from a lot of guys. But that's, that would be the case regardless of whether right. Trevor Harris is in the lineup or not. So, Well, because Harris has thrown for a lot of yards this year, but in terms of getting points on the board, it hasn't been that easy for the Selks team, especially at home. Yeah, it's, yeah you're right. It's, it's been tough. They've put up a lot of yards, and, and Harris has uh, 
uh, the whole season. He's been up amongst the league leaders, even taken uh, taken a, a week off when they got shut down by their COVID situation. Um, the numbers have been there, but uh, they just are having some trouble getting into the end zone. I mean, uh, the the offense at home in three games has scored two touchdowns, and one of them was by the defense, right? Um, so they've had they've had issues uh, getting the ball into the end zone. They've they've moved the ball really well. They've been they've been good on second downs. They're uh, they're I believe they're number one or number two. I'm just looking at my sheet here if I can find it. I believe they're number one or number two in yards passing uh, per game. Number one at the 381 yards a game. They're number three in rushing at 104 yards a game. Uh, but they're number seven in points. So uh, that is uh, that's a sore spot, right? Uh, they're they're moving the ball between the twenties, but once they get to the red zone, they're having some difficulty. And that's really one of the ultimate things that separates the great from the good and the good from the bad is can you move the ball? Yeah. Sure, but it's all about touchdowns, right? The Bombers for so long were great at kicking field goals, but they couldn't get it in the end zone. Then Zach Kolaris comes here, and suddenly it's not so hard. Yeah, and that's the thing. Jimmy Elizondo pointed out uh, this week at Elks practice saying, talking about the Bombers, saying, hey, they're number one in red zone uh, production, and that means you're scoring points. That means your offense is working well with your defense, and, and everything's going at, at a really good rate. And if you can, if you can go, if you can ha- be a strong team in the red zone, you're obviously going to score your points, and, and if your defense can play just half decently, you're going to win football games. Well, and a big thing for the Blue Bombers so far this year has been their play in the second halves of games. They've been just torching teams in the second halves of games this year. And it's been a plus eight point differential in the first half, 66-58, 70 to 18 in the second half for the Blue Bombers this season. If you're the Elks then and you go into the halftime as 10-10, do you feel good? <laughs> or do you feel like, uh oh, the storm's coming? Well, they had that uh, they had that situation last week with Calgary too a close game at halftime and it got out of hand in the second half so yeah for sure I mean I think the Elks will be in a position where if they're 10-10 at the half they'll take it I think if they can keep a game close uh, and take it as deep as they can into the game keeping it like a one score game or a tie game or up by three or whatever uh, the closer they can keep it the longer into the game the better chance they're going to have to win it I think and that's going to be that's going to be their objective uh, going into Saturday is is you know as I say just keep the Bombers in their sights as long as they can we know that the Bombers are the number one team in the CFL right now and Ed, or Ottawa is number nine there's I don't think any arguing either of those but you can slot just about anybody in any other slot, I think, right now. It's a very soft CFL in terms of who's good yeah. right now. Yeah, uh, where, for sure. Where, I mean, it, where do you think the really, to fit in that? Yeah, it really changed uh, over the last two weeks, didn't it, with the, with the Bombers winning two uh, over the Riders. So the Riders kind of fall back to the pack, and Calgary and Edmonton split, so they kind of stay in, in the middle area. Uh, Ottawa just keeps losing. They don't look like they're going to get very far uh, this year. Uh, you know, everybody's in that, you know, uh, four and or three and two, two and three, two and four uh, area, and uh, it's going to be sadly to say this. It might be the team that stays the healthiest, and the and it might be the team that uh, gets it together, you know, late in the season and gets on a run that's going to clinch some playoff spots. Uh, looking more and more as we kind of get close to the halfway mark that there won't be a crossover this year so that's going to put the heat on on the fourth team in the west to, to really keep pace with that third team to to make it a race that way so yeah it's i i it's a, just a log jam christian to me when you look at the, all those teams between the bombers and the red blacks it's it's just a pick them 
it's fun because there's parody, but at the same time, the, the Bombers are definitely the they're the defending champs. They're, they're they're the target on the back team for sure. That when you're coming to town, you're going to be trying your best to beat them. But right now, the Bombers have been really good, and I'm sure in Edmonton they're looking at the roster and thinking, well. Almost every team has had to deal with injuries. Edmonton will be the sixth team to start two different quarterbacks. The Bombers have been pretty blessed so far with pretty good health, and that's one of the things you need to, <laughs> and, to and who, win in a season like thought, this. Who would have called Zach Kolaris to be the healthy quarterback all season long, right? That's, that's yeah. not on his resume right now. So good for him for staying healthy. And, and it's good to see him back to that form, what was it, 2014, 2015, when he was having that that MOP kind Hamilton. of season before he got hurt, uh, uh, actually in a game against Edmonton when he when he got hurt. So yeah, good for him to come back. And and I think uh, I think people around the game are pretty happy for Zach Kolaris to see him play the way he's playing to get back to that form. So uh, yeah, but uh, I don't think anyone would have picked him to be the healthiest quarterback of the season so far. And that's kind of I guess what off the top of my head, him and Vernon Adams are the only guys who really haven't been been bothered by anything so far. Yeah, that's right. And um, Michael Riley would be the other of the of the. Well, no, he no Nathan uh, Rourke did start right. a game technically, yeah. but yeah. there was some like roster chicanery there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was, but I mean, uh, but, but yeah, Roddy's been hurt, right? He's been he was bothered in the first couple yeah, of games right. by that right. uh, by that bad wing. So yeah, he's uh, he's had his issues too. So yeah, everybody's had it except I think for the for those two guys, which is which is pretty amazing. And and that may be that may be because of the layoff. It may be because of guys haven't had the contact and haven't had. You know that, that that physicality for like over a year, and when they get into games and no exhibition games and and everything, when they get into the games and they get hurt. So uh, hopefully everybody will get healthy and we'll get all the quarterbacks playing and playing at a high level when we get into uh, into October, November, and strangely enough, December. All right, quickly, Morlia, then I'll let you go. I don't know if you're one for predictions, but how many of the three games that the Elks and Bombers are going to play will Edmonton win? Well, I don't know. Uh, you you got to hope they're going to win at least one. Uh, two are at home, so I don't know if that's an advantage or a disadvantage. <laughs> the Elks are trying yeah. to get things get things squared away on on home field and play a lot better there. Uh, but it's it's you know right now the way things are going, it's pretty hard to to pick any team to beat uh, to beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers the way they're playing right now. But as we have seen over the last two weeks, you know, not many people picked uh, the Riders to lose two straight to Winnipeg. And, and, you know, two weeks ago, the Riders were the best team in the league. No one was talking about Winnipeg. Two weeks later, Winnipeg beat Saskatchewan twice, and they're the best team in the league. So things can change in a hurry, man. That's, that's one of the beauty, beautiful things about the Canadian Football League. Absolutely, Morley. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this. We'll uh, catch up later on as the series continues, and have a good call on Saturday. Uh, thanks very much. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all the fish. So sad that they should come to this. Place.